0: and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica Marquez, your host for today's episode. Kamala Harris recently shared that her mother always reminded her that you may be the first to do many things, but make sure you're not the last. Being a pioneer is hard. It means pushing through boundaries and overcoming great challenges, oftentimes alone. In today's episode, Ileana Musa, Co-Head of International Wealth Management and the Head of International Banking and Lending at Morgan Stanley, shares what it was like growing up as a young Latina immigrant in a single-parent home, how education and a strong work ethic laid the foundation to achieve her career aspirations, and why staying true to yourself and sharing your authentic story leads to awareness and stronger relationships, which leads to sponsorship and ultimately leads to opportunity. In her role, Ileana leads the segment and strategy that focuses on Morgan Stanley's international client advisors and international clients to ensure they have access to strategic investment, cash management, and lending solutions, and thought leadership to address both sides of the client's balance sheet. Ileana is a member of Morgan Stanley's Wealth Management Management Committee, Wealth Management Operating Committee, Latin America Management Committee, U.S. Banks Management Committee, and the Bank's Leadership Committee. Ileana also co-chairs the Enterprise Latino Employee Network. Ileana was recently named to the Girl Scouts National Board and sits on the Corporate Advisory Boards of the Association of Latino Professionals for America, Florida International University Honors College, and the Cumbid Heritage Collection at the University of Miami. Ileana was named to the Top 100 Most Influential Latinas list in 2020 by Latino leaders. Last year, she was recognized by the 2019 Makers Class of Morgan Stanley's Wealth Management, as well as being recognized by Latino Justice with the 2019 Latina Trailblazer Award, honoring her professional and personal achievements in opening doors and new opportunities for other professionals. Additionally, Ileana was named to Alpha's 2019 Most Powerful Latinas in Corporate America for the third year in a row. In 2016, Ileana was awarded the 2015 Top 10 Corporate Executives of the Year by Latina Style Magazine. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Ileana. Welcome, Iliana. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you on um, all of our audience are, are definitely going to love this episode and learn about your story. So without further ado, let's kick it off. Tell us a little bit about your story, Story: who Ileana is, what you've learned along that journey.
1: Excellent, it's so great to be here. Thank you for um, sharing your platform with me. Um, a yeah. treat. So um, let's see, so I am actually tuning in from Florida. I'm based in Miami but I immigrated to the U S at a young age. So, um, that then, um, you know, me and my nuclear family, my mother's entire family stayed behind in Cuba. Uh-huh. Um, and at the time we all thought we would temporarily leave and, um, be reunited, but it didn't, um, turn out that way. And so I ended up growing up in Miami, Florida. That's actually where I went to school, but I was raised by a single mom, um, with a brother and a sister. My, um, father stayed behind, uh-huh. uh, Unfortunately, he couldn't leave Cuba until many years later. I actually met him when I was 17, which was when we got reunited. And so I had this um, very interesting dynamic at home where I saw a single mother Mm -hmm. who worked incredibly hard holding down multiple jobs so that her children could pursue an education. And a very strong work ethic. And, uh, you know, um, in the middle of all of that, there was a lot of creativity and a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. And um, that really instilled um, a work ethic and a positive outlook for me that till this day carries me forward in everything I do.
0: Mm. that's a fantastic story. And you and you talk a little bit about seeing that creativity and that innovation. Um, how did that help you, I would say in your career, right? Because uh, you you actually went into financial services, and that is not necessarily a track that many Latinos follow. So tell us a little bit about that. How did you decide on pursuing this kind of career?
1: It's interesting. I always thought I would be a dancer. I love dance. <laughs> uh, in, you know, I love the arts growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I was in, um, in a dance troupe for many years. And it wasn't until I met my father um, when he actually, um, my dad had to serve a long um, prison term, but finally got to Miami in the 80s. And I reconnected with him right when I was about in my senior year at, in high school. And so we started to have conversations and my father was an entrepreneur Mm. um, for many years, started his his own business again in the States um, at a time when most are retiring. And so it was through his influence. Um, I was great with numbers. I loved business, but again, I wasn't thinking about it in terms of a career. And so he really influenced me to say, you know, why don't you get a degree in finance minor in dance and, um, (laughs) look at it differently, you'll still get the exposure to the arts, but um, you can really do so much with that. And so it was really through our interactions, our relationship that I decided to pursue Mm -hmm. an undergraduate degree in finance, in business with a concentration in finance. And then he really encouraged me to keep it going and get my master's in business administration. And I did. And look, the reality is for for Latinos, I didn't grow up in a home Mm -hmm. where I Folks in Wall Street, where I had uh, my network was in financial services. And so why would I think about that as a career path? And that's part of the work that I do now is to share that with students at a very mm-hmm. young age. Because once you understand what that career could be like, and how your talent can align to a career like that, then um, at least you, you're factoring that into the choices that you make. And I think that is so important um, because I love what I do. And I think it's, a, it's so incredibly rewarding to be able to change, change people's lives. Um, and I, I know what the financial hardships are like. Mm-hmm. I was there. And so to understand the discipline, the rigor, the roadmap that you can put in place to really create a new path for yourself and for your family is very rewarding.
0: And you make an interesting point where you're talking about the rigor and really kind of creating a path for yourself. Can you share some of the maybe daily habits or the rituals that you kind of, um, you know, employed in order to kind of make sure that, you know, you were successful in your career?
1: Sure. It's, um, It's interesting because you don't realize growing up that your value system, Mm -hmm. and the habits that you've learned um, in your home Uh have a real impact in the workplace. So this whole notion of a very strong work ethic that was instilled in me at a very young age, I started Mm -hmm. working at a very young age um, when my mother became ill. um, And so it was all about doing with what you have, Mm -hmm. um, understanding that there's opportunity in anything you do, even though you may have many constraints wrapped around that, mm-hmm. and that you can ultimately um, change the path, and so that instilled in me that regardless of what the circumstances were, I could make my mark if I worked really hard mm-hmm. and I drove for excellence. My mother always said, "You know, how do you operate? What's the quality of your work when no one's watching?"
0: Oh, right.
1: The kitchen in the home and anything we did, and so that instilled a sense of responsibility in terms of quality. Mm -hmm. And um, I always said, you know, when I moved to New York after graduate school, I was breaking into financial services for the first time. I didn't have the experience or the background on my resume. And yet that's what I brought to the table. And so as I met with folks, I always said, you know, I've worked in sales, I've worked in real estate, but those are transferable skills. And what you will get from me, regardless of what anybody else you have on the team is, I have an incredibly strong work ethic, I'm creative, I'm innovative, and I will bring others to the table to solve issues. And in a global market where we work, bringing the right people to the table to get those ideas is is a unique skill set. And so I, I drew from that strength. I drew from what I learned at home in terms of leveraging your network. My mother relied on many people for help mm-hmm. and using that to really create and showcase Um, very strong results. I was always, I've always been very results oriented Mm -hmm. and that's really helped me make my mark. That's
0: fantastic. And you, and you talked about, I mean, that sounds like it was key, right? Building your kind of personal brand or being able to tell your story of that was your personal brand, that was the unique value proposition that you brought. How did you, um, you know, break it down? Like if someone is saying, how do I articulate that to somebody? How did you kind of, you know, draw on those values and that work ethic to be able to then tell that story to somebody?
1: And the telling of the story, you know, as a Latina... Um, is something that um, when I started my career, I struggled with. I I have to, you know, I was very um, concerned is the word when I started, you know, working in financial services about how much could I share, how much should I share, and was that going to help me or hurt me, and so I was very reserved in terms of um, early on in my career, the way I engaged, and it was all about work, and what I've is the more you integrate your personal life with, um, the workplace Mm -hmm. and the more you share what drives you, the more connectivity you have with those around you. And once you build a meaningful connection, then you can accomplish so much more. And that's how you build the relationships, which ultimately leads to sponsorship, which Mm -hmm. also ultimately leads to opportunities. And so what I learned, you know, um, over 10 years ago is sharing your story brings others along. Mm
2: -hmm. So that's
1: number one, you know, talking to others about your struggles, how you started, how you got to where you are, especially as I've had the opportunity to create teams Mm -hmm. and hire talent around many of what I call startup efforts that I've been part of. Mm -hmm. That's allowed me to bring new people together. And so Creating that vision and talking to the teams that I've had the opportunity to lead from a more personal level mm-hmm. and be more vulnerable in terms of who I am and the fabric of what makes up Iliana Musa as a leader mm-hmm. right. really has folks to connect with me. And so starting a meeting with a personal story, mm-hmm. talking about the struggle in terms of managing, you know, the... The older parents with a young daughter and being, you know, sandwiched and the pressure of being a um, working mom mm-hmm. and an executive and all of these dimensions that make me up as an individual and right. having the courage to share that openly does a couple of things. It helps others share. Mm mm-hmm. Um Others are watching. It's not just what you're saying, but what you're doing. And so you're creating an environment that's more conducive for those that you're leading to feel that they have an open environment right. who mm-hmm. can share where they can integrate their life commitments and the job requirements and do it in a way that's balanced and in a way that's supported. And so I always say um, it's not just what we're doing for ourselves, but others are watching mm-hmm. and we're, we're creating an environment that ultimately impacts many more people mm-hmm. and allows more flexibility and ultimately then that has positive intent as it relates to um creating more opportunity. So sharing your story um, in in very real terms Mm -hmm. in your interactions with your colleagues and those in your network is very, very impactful. So that's, I would say, number one in terms of something that's really made a difference. Number two is sharing your vision. Mm. I always talk about, you know, one of the things I learned at a young age is um, I saw um, a single mom ask a lot of people for a lot of help. Right. And that takes a lot of courage, especially when you don't know. And my mom used to always say, el no ya lo tienes. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got a 50% shot at getting a yes if you lean in and ask, so go for it. And so I made it a point to really reach out and be open, knowing that potentially the answer could be no, but whether it was reaching out about a connection, reaching out to learn something, reaching Mm -hmm. out to ask for resources. And part of that outreach was also articulating my vision for the future.
2: Mm. And
1: so I always say, you know, when, I, when you're thinking about your performance review, mm-hmm. um, how much time are you allocating to talk career, to talk aspiration, to talk vision? Um, it's up to each of us to carve out, even if it's five minutes, two minutes, right. to paint that picture of what the future holds. Because every time you have those connections and you're painting a picture for where you, where you know the opportunities are, where you could lend your talent, people remember And Mm -hmm. so I always say, you know, three roles in a role over five years for me was as a result of those outreaches. My letting people know, I, you know, I remember one of the firms where I worked, um, we really didn't have an international presence
2: Mm. within
1: my division, but I would still talk about it. If I do, I want to lend my talent. I have the experience that I gained at another firm and sure enough, through an acquisition, we started going global.
2: Mm-hmm. And there
1: I was being tapped for that opportunity because I talked, because I shared my vision. Right. So that's the other practice that I would say um, is very helpful mm-hmm. in terms of number 1 making sure your direct manager and then your network mm-hmm. and stakeholders understand how you can lend your broader talent because in many organizations folks view you for what you're doing today. Right. 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 We naturally evaluate um, opportunities based on what we observe individuals contributing today. So sharing your vision, really, really important. And then um, the two others, number one, build a strong track record. I've always said before you can aim higher mm-hmm. and reach for stars, you need to show you can deliver. And so um, I've always been very focused on knowing the facts about the business, being technically um proficient mm-hmm. in the roles that I've had, whether it's understanding the financials, understanding the way you know you generate revenue or income, but becoming an expert in the business so that when you have a seat at the table, mm-hmm. you can create value and um, provide insights in a way that's very meaningful and that you're differentiating yourself. Right. So, But it starts from building that track record and, um, and delivering results. And then the final thing is, um, if you're authentic in the relationships you built- um, you really do get great sponsors mm-hmm. that advocate for you that are, that are willing to put um, their reputations on the line to endorse you and to support you because you've shown you have a track record, you deliver mm-hmm. results, and you approach the relationship from one where you give versus get. And that's where, you know, influence comes in.
0: That is such critical advice that you shared. And I love that because it ties into, as you mentioned, the whole cultural nuance where women do struggle with that idea of self-promotion, right? And telling your story and telling how you can add value and sharing your vision on how you want to add value kind of all rolls into that, That you know, when they hear the word self-promotion, they think it's, you know, it's icky, right? But when, when you put it in the way that, when you stress it the way you did in terms of, telling your story, what is your vision and how are you going to add value you know, in that vision? It actually makes it a really nice um, format in which to share, to share it. So I loved that you brought that up. Now, talking a little bit about community, you talked about really the relationships and the networking and, you know, having that courageous, uh, you know, taking that courageous step to reach out to individuals and make that connection. Mm-hmm. What helped you gain access to influential leaders, especially like you said, as you, you, you went into financial services as a young Latina, not a lot of people who looked like you. Um, how did you gain access to influential leaders, especially when they didn't look like you?
1: <laughs> it's um you know I call it um so what's worked for me and again not intentionally knowing this was a strategy in terms of the desired outcome but it almost it it it, it was very organic mm-hmm. it's um you know the philosophy of paying it forward the philosophy of I always say having a philosophy of abundance mm-hmm. You know, which again at a very early age was instilled in me, which is, you know, we can both win. Life is about win win, it's not right. about I win and you lose. So um, there's always this positive intentionality about mm-hmm. bringing others along for the benefit of all. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my servant leadership style, we need to call it that because yeah. as I researched it, that, that is what it was, which mm-hmm. is, how can I help others? And as I help others, they in turn align to my priorities and my opportunities, and we all work together, and everybody wins. And so um, being able to gain access to influential leaders, I find, is very similar, which is is as a result of the work, the collaboration, and my willingness to give back Mm -hmm. in areas that, again, are very broad and span beyond what I do day to day that has allowed me to gain that access. For example... Um, there's been projects and there's been roles that I know there's been a need to do. And one of my predecessor firms, um, mm-hmm. one of the regions in a different territory had a need. We we weren't performing at the level and I had the skill set to do it. And I said, you know, if if I can lend a hand, again, if I can be helpful there, I'm happy to do it. And I was asked to do it. And then I picked up and I went and I did it. And sure enough, you start to see the results. You start to see the, the culture change. And all because you stepped up and you were willing to contribute beyond mm-hmm. what you were doing day to day. So once folks understand that you're willing to contribute more broadly, it gives you access to those mm-hmm. individuals so that you can then connect and uh, be thought of more broadly, more strategically in terms of other assignments. Mm-hmm. My work on... Um, on diversity is, is really all, you know, after hours, sitting on boards, starting with projects to then be considered for those boards. And so again, as you engage in giving back, whether it's giving back within your company, mm-hmm. giving back to other employees as it relates to their development, people take notice. And that ultimately gives you access. And so I always say, is if, if your goal is to, to seek sponsors, mm-hmm. really the ingredients are to build the right relationships, be authentic mm-hmm. um, as you're building those relationships, and then think about how you can give because everybody needs something as right. it relates to their own priorities, and you could be the solution. Mm. And so – you know these relationships. When we all think about, especially if you're you're seeking a mentor at the beginning, early on in your career, you're thinking, "Well, this is a more senior person. What could I what could I offer that individual?" You second guess yourself, right? And what I, there is always something to offer. Mm. You know, um, at this stage in my career, I really enjoy connecting with the next gen and those that are because we need to keep up. We need to understand the way they think. Right. So it's not about the level that you are in your career, it's your life experiences. And it's just thinking about what you bring to the table and how you can then build a meaningful connection. Mm -hmm. And then again, lending your talent, lending your time, giving of your time that allows folks to take notice. And that's what's really helped me be able to connect with very influential leaders, um, senior leaders, and individuals that um, not just within my company, but Outside of the company, also that mm-hmm. um, are experts that we can network, that we can share ideas, that we can brainstorm, and so it's incredibly rewarding because it's a you know it's a cycle, a virtuous cycle mm-hmm. that as you lend more of your talent and make more connections, then it feeds on itself, and yeah. everybody to do it for one another, and it's um it's a beautiful thing.
0: Do you want to grow your impact as a change agent who ignites transformation in others, but you don't have a proven step by step method? Do you want to grow your visibility and influence as a thought leader to inspire others, but you don't know where to begin? The Beyond Barriers High Performance Executive Coach Certification is designed for experienced leaders who want to grow their impact and influence. Join this exclusive community of high achievers, advance your career as a leader, and experience the joy of helping others grow. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com and register for the webinar to learn more. Yes, I, I love that. It's such sage advice. It's like coming from a place of contribution, and then the reciprocity of that contribution is kind of like it's what makes the world go round, right? And leveraging that community—that's fantastic. Let's shift gears a little bit. One of the things that we hear a lot from our 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 you know our clients and also our listeners is, um, you know, you are you've done a. a a brilliant, um, job in terms of being successful in, in corporate and in climbing the ladder. And, but what are some of the, um, maybe obstacles or kind of failures that you may have encountered and how did you, how did you kind of push through them? How did you kind of just make it past and over overcome any of those failures or limiting beliefs or, or, or those types of fears that hold a lot of women back?
1: Yes. It's, um, you know, sometimes we get in our own way. <laughs> <like> <laughs> yes. And um, again, I was um, I was fortunate um, because my mother was a risk taker on so many fronts. You know, whether it was asking, engaging, um, she was an entrepreneur at heart. She started businesses while she worked multiple jobs, and so. This was somebody that was very comfortable with trying new things. And, you know, she went for 10 knowing that two would stick. Mm-hmm. And one, she'd pull through and she'd never look back. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the, the DNA, the muscle memory you're trying to build as you go through your career, which mm-hmm. is we're all going to face failure. And I wouldn't call it failure. I would say setbacks.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. hmm
1: it's, it's bumps on the road and um, being able to get bruised is sort of like, you know, I have a young daughter and I I know there's huge benefit in going to the park and the playground and, and getting bruised up, you know. Right. Like, there is something real about that exercise mm-hmm. in the playground that helps your children build character, helps mm-hmm. them engage with their children, pick themselves back up. And I think it's the same in the workplace. It's understanding that, number one, we don't have to be a hundred percent ready. I I've um, and I've known and the research shows it, especially as it relates to, to women, you know, we overanalyze um, in terms of an assignment and that doesn't serve us well. And so I, I, again, sharing my vision, I will raise my hand and and go for an assignment where I don't have all the answers. Mm. And then I say, I don't have all the answers. And I, and I fill in those gaps as I go, but knowing that you have the opportunity to create value Mm -hmm. While you're solving for things that you still have to learn and grow, is the way it should be. And Mm -hmm. so, this whole notion of risk taking, which is understanding where if you're sixty percent of the way there, seventy percent of the way there, go for it. Right. Um, That's um, that's the first thing. Number two, um, you know, when when you have the setback, um, and I didn't do this early on in my career, but I've learned it. Acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge it. Hit it head on. Face it say it, um, and to the extent it's had an impact on others, acknowledge it very openly. And then you can focus on how do you course correct and recover? Mm -hmm. Because if not, sometimes we dwell. Right. um, That doesn't serve us well either. um, And sometimes we miss the mark in in communicating. So we need to communicate. I've learned um, any any changes that you need to make in any strategy, and there's plenty of them, Mm -hmm. especially new business, new model, you need to just come to terms with it, understand that you've learned from it, acknowledge it with your stakeholders, over communicate, and then move. It's Mm -hmm. time to move on and take action. And so I'm very action oriented. I always want to keep moving forward and that's helped me. But Mm -hmm. what I would say is, these are some best practices, but there's real emotion when there's a setback. Yes. You know, when you go home and you think, am I going to be able to get through tomorrow after the day I've had today? Mm. Um, and and it's tough. And I always say we don't nearly talk enough about the struggles as we should because we look at the resumes, we look at the bios, we look at the accolades. But behind all of that, there's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of bruises. There's a lot of, right. you know, impact. <laughs> That's helped us grow. And so um, we need to talk about that because that has to be part of the equation. Mm -hmm. And the reason that's important is too often we throw in the towel. Mm
2: -hmm. And I always
1: say, you know, I will never throw in the towel because of a setback. If you decide to make a change in terms of an assignment or role, Mm -hmm. it should be on your own terms because you're ready to do something bigger and greater, not because you've had a setback. That um, you think should set you back in terms of your career mm-hmm. and have you go in a different direction. That's never going to serve you well. So having a mindset, you know, I, I think you really need to develop these skills and hone them over time. And so, you know, the the sooner you fail in terms of these setbacks at work, mm-hmm. the, the sooner you're going to learn. So it's actually a good thing um, to have those opportunities where you're going to take a risk, you're going to grow, and you're going to make some mistakes along the way mm mm-hmm. um, And the final thing I'll say is your network, you know, some folks will call it your, your board of directors, your advisors, mm-hmm. is incredibly important, right? Because yes. sometimes when you think it's the end of the world <laughs> and you have somebody who's, um, you know, more senior, has had more experience and has been, has done what you just went through, but mm-hmm. three times over, it puts things in perspective. And having that sounding board to help you keep it real and not overreact um, is also something that's helped me tremendously. That's incredible advice,
0: especially like you said. It's the the you know those sponsors, those mentors who are kind of the truth tellers and kind of help you you know just uh, balance out right or calibrate how real the the situation is yeah. or you know unreal that you're making it right. Um, that's right. I think I think that's fantastic. Now, you talked a little bit about, and I loved your techniques where you were saying women tend to hold back on opportunities sometimes if they don't feel they check all the boxes. And I mm-hmm. loved your analogy in that, you know, if you're 60% sure or 60% ready, throw your, you know, name in the hat. Um, after you throw your name in the hat, can you share some tips on what you do in, to, in terms of like now executing um, in this role that or this, you know, stretch assignment that you've taken when you feel like I'm only 60% ready, but now that I have it, I've got to hit the ground running. How do you prepare or how do you execute after that?
1: So your question is once you land the opportunity and you're yes. given the, yeah, sure. So um, then you get to work very quickly. <laughs> Um, so, a couple of things. You you find individuals that have done it really well, mm. and so being able to um, make the connection with someone who's a superstar. I always say I want to I want to reach out and connect with those that are brilliant at what I need to do, and that outreach, that connectivity, and again, mm-hmm. this ownership asking ask. I mean, these roles that I've been able to my first global role. Again, I hadn't done that. So I started to reach out to my Mm -hmm. network with folks that were in those roles, folks in the regions that Mm -hmm. I was um, managing to start to make connections. Mm -hmm. Who am I? My story. Why I love this role. Again, sharing my vision and how excited I am. Because one of the first things to do, at least that's worked for me, is communication. Communication Mm -hmm. and connection. Communication and connection. Mm -hmm. Because now you're coming into a new world. Mm -hmm. You are going to be leading individuals that don't know who you are. Right. You're going to be collaborating with other senior leaders that you're the newest at the table. Mm -hmm. So the trust that you can build early on goes a really long way. So building those relationships, that trust, so folks understand who are you as a leader? What do you stand for? How do you hope to collaborate with them so that everybody understands? Even though I'm a change agent and I'm a transformational leader, Uh I'm here to and do things together. We're on the same team. Because sometimes when you're leading an effort that is transformational, that requires a lot of change, you mm-hmm. become a disruptor. Right. And when you become a disruptor, it creates anxiety. And so spending a lot of time with those individuals that you're going to be working with mm-hmm. and working for is really important. So that's number one, just connectivity and over communicating. Um, And part of that is what we just talked about, which is allowing others to get to know what drives you, who you Mm. are as a person, what you stand for, because then you can accelerate the relationship building. Mm. Um, Number two, identifying quick wins. Mm. Where can you put your, you know, thumbprints and be able to highlight and showcase your contribution very early on. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that gets to, you know, what are you going to do for 30 days, 90 days, 120 days, Mm -hmm. and then you start to build longer term about your strategic plan for your business, Mm -hmm. which gets into the longer term. But keeping an eye on what are those quick wins, things that you can do quickly with with your new team Mm -hmm. or with leaders to help you make a mark and create value immediately. Because Mm -hmm. every business has those And when you think about the talent you're lending in this new role, you're going to uncover those opportunities. So go for it and think about, you know, what are the top three things I'm going to do? And then um, number three would be the team. Mm. I always say you could have the best strategy, but at the end of the day, my biggest asset has always been the people I've had the opportunity to lead. Mm. And so understanding what's important to them, Bringing them to the table, who are they as individuals? Why they come to work every day? Mm-hmm. What drives them? What do they aspire to do? Because I want them to know that again, we—the vision I'm creating for the business I'm leading—cannot possibly be achieved mm-hmm. without the individual success and the collective success of the people around the table. So. Um, I really believe in spending a lot of time with, with um, teams because I always say my goal is to create a high-performing team right. where everybody feels they want to come to, to work every day. They've got that fire in the belly, and they're willing to go that extra mile mm-hmm. for what we're building together. So those are just um, my top three. There's mm-hmm. many more we can get, get into, but um, for the new assignments, that has worked really well.
0: No, that's extremely tangible advice. And I think, you know, the core message that I'm getting from you is that, um, you know, and women fail at this a lot. You leverage your community and your relationships and your team a lot. Like, you don't go out there thinking you're going to do this all by yourself, where a lot of women sometimes think that they have to do this by themselves, right? And they run themselves ragged, trying burning the candle at both ends instead of doing exactly what you said, tapping into... Um, that talent, tapping into the individuals who've been there, done that, and are the superstars and can tell you how they've done it. I think that's just fabulous advice. And I think it's so important for women to realize how important community network teams are, and that you don't have to do it on your own
1: at all. It's such a great point you're raising because um, that's part of the 60, 40, 50, 50, however we analyze it. We always analyze it within the context of everything we have to carry on our shoulders and whether right. we that load. We rarely analyze it within the construct of what team am I walking into and how do I leverage that talent mm-hmm. to either carry the other 40% that I'm not yet great at mm-hmm. or to help Participate in the 100% that I'm responsible for. And um, I remember one of the first roles when I transitioned to from running a region to um, overseeing national sales, mm-hmm. I didn't have a direct team anymore. And I remember my manager at the time said, You know, this is now, you get to influence others. Mm-hmm. They, they will report to you. So this is a unique skill set in terms of influencing others mm-hmm. to collaborate with you. On behalf of a bigger goal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and once you learn that skill, it's incredible because then you have all of these people moving in the same direction, motivated, high energy, and I I draw energy from that. So mm-hmm. it's um, the community, and I think for Latinas, mm-hmm. we we are collaborators. Mm-hmm. Say that early, I didn't realize, but but yes, I I am a collaborator, and I love bringing people to the table, and I love to know what's important to you, so we can. Work towards that, mm-hmm. so that we can all win. And so, and then that next um, level brings others along. And so, a lot of the work I do around mentoring, I always, I when folks reach out to me and say, "Can you give me 15 minutes?" I said, "Yes." And now you have to go get 15 minutes to someone else. <laughs> right. so, there's this whole notion of paying it forward, mm-hmm. but understanding this network within the team you lead, mm-hmm. within the company where you work. And within the industry and the community where you live is a very powerful asset Mm, to you in everything you do.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, a final
0: question for you, and we like to ask this of all of our podcast guests in that, you know, we have a saying here at Beyond Barriers that it's no longer survival of the fittest, it's survival of the fastest, right? Especially in this digital age and how things are always changing. Um, what's your advice to women on how they can accelerate their success and stay ahead of the curve with all the change? Like, how do you stay ahead?
1: couple of things and it's fast, you know, it's the pace is, um, is just ever evolving. So a couple of things, um, you know, and, and going back to rituals, which you asked about, which mm-hmm. is, you know, how are you allocating the time to focus on yourself? I, really important in terms of staying ahead because, um, you know, we just talked about people being, you know, your biggest asset and, um, we are each our biggest asset. So we need to really take care of ourselves Mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, staying healthy and exercising and just making sure you've got those boundaries to -hmm. focus on because that's what allows you to come to work every day and bring your Mm -hmm. A-game, which I find is really important. Number two, you know, reading. I find that, you know, I learned that many, many years ago when I started in my field. Mm -hmm. Access to so much information to understand what's the latest that's happening. Mm -hmm. And so, having sources that you focus on reading to stay apprised of um, what's happening in the marketplace, what's coming, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is um, connecting with the next gen. I think you and I were talking about yes. it, but, you know, if you want to know what the future holds, you know, stay connected with, you know, who's coming next in terms of the way they think the way they work um, because that's really important in terms of staying relevant. Yes. And I really enjoy doing that because, you um, Sometimes, as we all read about, there are real differences Mm -hmm. in, you know, the next gen and the way they think, the way and there's real value in understanding the why Mm -hmm. and then putting that to work um, because those are going to end up being your clients. So you need to just keep up with what's happening in terms of the evolutions, the demographic, et cetera, Mm -hmm. because it's really important in any industry so that you can keep up with what's most important with the clients that you're going to service. So those are, um, some of the things that I do. And then, you know, digitally, I think, you know, having a social media presence Mm -hmm. and, um, working on that, I I have to tell you years ago, I said, there is no way I am (laughs) going to do. I, um, I didn't have the desire. I, um, I felt like I had a very strong network Uh without Um, but I learned, you know, when I, when I switched firms, how important it was Mm -hmm. at the time, as it relates to the career and the job, but now as it relates to your legacy. Yes. That may sound, um, a little bit strange, but let me tell you what I mean. As you build your, your profile in social media, um, and you create your brand of what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And that takes real work. You have to reflect on who do you want to be? What do you want to be known for? How do you create that bio in a way that goes beyond you know, what you've done, but who you are? Mm-hmm. And, and then publishing that to the world. And then that gives you the opportunity to connect with so many individuals yes. that have like interest, that have different interests, different points of view. Subject matter experts, influencers, and um, it's amazing the way you start to build those connections around the things you care about, and the way you can lend your talent and the impact you can have in the community. And it's um, it absolutely needs to be part of the equation. And so I find that that's a really great way Mm -hmm. to to keep up and stay ahead of what's happening because then you have this very broad network that's very well connected. That helps you understand what to pay attention to. And so, and sometimes not to pay attention to, but um, Mm -hmm. it's once you build the network and the right connections, it's Mm -hmm. a great way to gain insights on um, the things that you're passionate about, the causes that you care about, and uh, you can leverage that in the workplace and beyond. That is
0: so insightful. And I think it is extremely important what you said of being able to have a digital presence, right? Because nowadays, it's, you know, it's it's the resume now is almost a moot point, right? They go immediately to LinkedIn to try to find out who you yes. are. And you control that message, right? Like you you can control that message and you need to make sure that your core message is coming out um, on, on your profiles and engaging. And, and like you said, you have a bigger reach, right? You, you have a bigger reach and more individuals can see it and want to be it. And, um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, what do you want to be known for? What is your legacy? And it's so important. Eliana, this conversation has been so fascinating and uh, fantastic and insightful. I know that our listeners are going to be chomping at the bit to want to know how to get in touch with you. So, what's the best way for them to connect with you um, after you know they hear this
1: podcast? Sure. So, I'd love to connect with um, all your listeners so they can look me up at um, on LinkedIn, Uh on LinkedIn and on Instagram. So, Eliana Musa three. is my hand and um yes and listen thank you for what you're doing because your platform helps um, all of us amplify our voices and be able to share and collaborate and i think that's incredibly exciting so congratulations
0: thank you and thank you so much for lending your pearls of wisdom and being the example for all these young women to rise up thank you so much
1: my pleasure
0: Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit imbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all resources for each show, including the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.